Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Semi-Cinematic Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is John. My name is Max. Last week we talked about two of my favorite discoveries from this year, and this week we're going to talk about two of the best first-time watches that John had, which are Little Fugitive, directed by Ray Ashley, Morris Engel, and Ruth Orkin, and Jean Vigo's La Delante. Is that what we settled on? That sounds pretty good. I'm going to go La Delante. That'll work. Excellent. But before we get into the reviews, we're going to talk about what we've been watching recently. And John, let's start with you. Well, um, in the theater, I've only watched one thing in the last week, and it was great. I watched um, Come On, Come On, directed by Mike Mills and starring Joaquin Phoenix. And... uh, a really great child actor whose name is, uh, I don't know what his name is. His name is, uh, uh, it's something great. Uh, Woody Norman, I think it is. Yeah. There's some other guy in the cast named Scoot. And I thought that was the kid, but it's not. It's like a 30 year old guy. But um, I've really been enjoying uh, Mike Mills' movies. They're just very, there's a lot of empathy in them. Joaquin Phoenix is great in this. Uh, it's almost he's a documentarian so there's a lot of documentary type style to the film even though it's uh you know it's fictional um i don't know it's just it's really it's a heartwarming film but there's a lot of darkness in it as well um i i really loved it it's probably my favorite film of the year so far even though there's a few things i haven't seen yet but um just nudges over last night in Soho I just felt really good after watching it like I had watched something that was profound I guess you could say so mm-hmm. really enjoyed that um, I finally watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire I had not seen that I love that as well um, some of the best cinematography I've seen in a, a while and when uh, with the the you know, one of the main themes being art, like, some of these shots are basically, like, a work of art. It's just this beautiful, almost, it's almost like some of these shots in the film are, are still, still portraits. Um, performances are great. I know, Hunter, you like this. I know you had one issue with it, like a certain, like a, like a sub, the abortion subplot. But I, I just thought it was really so well done and i think it lived up to the hype that i was really impressed yeah I do think it looks amazing i i i love the cinematography and the um the cinematographer she actually is the dp on spencer hmm. yeah yeah i saw that and that made me even more interested in seeing spencer do some research because that was so beautiful i wanted to see what else um she had done since i watched two really good ones i'll throw in a couple sort of duds i watched some christmas horror films i watched silent night deadly night and i watched um christmas evil christmas evil was a little bit better it, it's like you can tell they were really trying <laughs> and uh <laughs> the lead actor in that is actually fiona apple's dad which i did not know and he does oh good weird job. really try yeah it's weird mm. but he like he really works He's kind of like a disgruntled guy, like a disgruntled businessman who becomes a killer Santa Claus. And he really, he goes through so many emotions in the film. He 
really gives it everything he's got. So I got to respect it for that. Silent Night, Deadly Night's a little bit cheesier. But there's some interesting stuff in that, too. Like, there's all this product placement that was not licensed. Like, there's a toy store involved and all these, like, Star Wars and Mickey Mouse and Muppets and stuff that was definitely not... There was no permission given for it. And uh, apparently it got pulled from theaters after two weeks because parents were so against uh, Killer Santa Claus traumatizing their children. So both watches were, like, entertaining know for the novelty but not the best horror films i've ever watched i think christmas is kind of a tough holiday to make dark it's just so joyful you know yeah although it has been done masterfully by bob clark i mean black christmas is a triumph black christmas is incredible it is incredible i was looking for new stuff i hadn't seen that one is just of any horror film, it's, it's way up there. But yeah, definitely The Cream of the Crop of Christmas. So good. Some of the creepiest phone call voice noises ever. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Have um, you seen it, Matt? One last thing I want. Oh. No, I, I, it's, on my, it's on my list. I, I might sneak it in while I'm on a Christmas vacation. I did. I rewatched it maybe a week or two ago. And yeah, it's... To me, it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. I absolutely oh, love wow. it. There is some stuff that is super, super haunting. Yeah. That yeah. Is. yeah I've got to watch it. One last thing. Uh, I watched In the Mouth of Madness, which I saw probably when I was like a teenager and hadn't seen it since. And I remember it being really scary. And it, it is still scary. Uh, um, really wild imagery. It's John Carpenter film. Um, our boy Sam Neill's in it around the event horizon time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a wild experience. I wouldn't say it's, you know, flawless or anything, but it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Um, if your wife doesn't like jump scares, there's a lot, about 12, so don't watch it with her. But if you haven't seen it, it's definitely interesting. It really goes to some weird places. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's good to watch it again. I forgot most of it, but and that's what I've watched. Nice. nice. Yeah, I love uh, In the Mouth of Madness. I haven't seen it in, a, in quite a while, but it might be the last really good John Carpenter movie. Although I, Vampires is actually pretty entertaining, though. I, I'd like to rewatch that at some point. Yeah, I have a lot of his films after that in my watch list, but I haven't really gotten to them yet. Yeah, Vampires is worth watching. It's pretty entertaining. Okay. But um, um, Max, what have you been watching? I uh, I I hit the heater. I hit the heater. I hit the theater up pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> In New York, uh, needed a heater. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, it wasn't too cold, so I was great, great, grateful for that. But yeah, we Jenny and I went up to New York uh, for kind of a long weekend, and. Um, saw while we were there that there was a um, earlier screening of uh, licorice pizza by paul thomas anderson and they were showing it in a 70 millimeter in amc and so um surprisingly that was included in the a-list membership so oh nice yeah shameless little plug there for amc a-list <laughs> um give us some free memberships but no uh, uh yeah that was a that was an easy decision, you know, to kind of you know get off our feet for a little bit and 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 go see a movie, 
uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I, I know obviously it's it's been getting a lot of um, kind of praise and 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 you know as it gets closer to I guess I think the wide release is coming up pretty soon. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed that. It was a, a nice another um, kind of you know once upon a time in Hollywood just hangout movie where you know it doesn't have like a, a plot per se, um, but you just enjoy watching the movie. Um, that's uh, I don't know. There's that's a, that's a nice little trend that I, that I'm enjoying taking part in right now. Those 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 kinds of movies. But we saw that. Um, we've been watching, you know, our our Christmas staples, your White Christmas, which I've grown to enjoy. Home Alone was a fun one. But uh, the other pleasant surprise, and this is another new release, but was um, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. And oh yeah, I I have to preface it with saying that I have not seen the original, which seems I don't know how that happens. Um, but Jenny loves the original. It's one of her favorite movies. Which there's I think there's only about five movies that she's seen. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you know it's not a big list, but you know she absolutely adores the original. And um, she was just you know she left the theater when we saw it. And just said like it was it was really well done. Like the music, you know, held up really well. All the performances, I you know, I there's something to be said. I, I, the lead, I think she was telling me or that, that I was reading Maria. It's like her first major movie. Um, oh wow! Which is like a, that's a big. I don't know. It feels like a big kind of you know tall task. But there's yeah. something to be said about like you know, because you're not distracted by oh this is. I don't know, Jennifer Lawrence trying to play this part or, you know, this is Bradley Cooper trying to, you know, recreate this famous role. I guess that's a slight dig at my other watch. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, like, I, and I, yeah, so we saw that and I, I enjoyed it. And then, and then I, you know, I did make a rookie mistake and we saw it in the regular theater and, and then I, you know, forgot that it would be showing in Dolby. And so I had to beat the uh, Spider-Man you know, before it got knocked out by Spider-Man. So I saw it again and yeah, it's a five star for me. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed that one. No happy ending, which, you know, a half star right there for that. But that was West Side Story. I did finish the Fox Noir collection, um, on Criterion. I watched No Way Out, uh, from 1950, directed by Joseph Mankiewicz, Mankiewicz. And I, I've watched a lot, of, a lot of Richard uh, Widmark movies this month, or the past like two months, it feels like, and he's a solid lead actor. Um, I, I think I guess I'm surprised because uh, yeah, I think you both talked be- about it before about or about him before um, of liking his movies, but he just like plays this role really well of like I don't know, I'm a sympathetic hustler, I guess where. He isn't a good guy, but like, but he's likable, and I, I don't know. He just, he just does it really well. So, I, um, and it was Sydney. I think it was Sydney Poitier's first, um, first major role too. Mm-hmm. And I read that he, I, I guess I, I read that he got it because he, he lied about his age. He said he was like, like later in his twenties, I think, or something like that, when he was only, um, he was just a much younger, much younger guy, and. I found that interesting. 
with this kind of like you know like jump started his career and uh, it's also just interesting I mean, you know again you 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 forget this is 1950 and it's pretty blunt um in its approach to just you know racism and and stereotyping and and just your know, attitudes towards people and in society and I, I don't know. I when you watch, I think sometimes like, you know, the older movies kind of get a bad rap of glossing over that stuff um, or not being as aware as maybe they could have been. But then you watch something like No Way Out, and you know it, it was in the conversation. I just think it wasn't as maybe like prevalent as it is today and, and out in the open. And so I, it just it just it just sparks I think good conversation surrounding those topics but you know it's a whole other that's a whole other episode um <laughs> and then some but back into the theater um i did see the nightmare alley remake which i did not enjoy as much as west side story in terms of remakes um <laughs> and it's i don't know game of the toro uh, his style is certainly unique, and and it's just fascinating to watch. But it does speak to you know I, I don't know just how much. I think we got I think we briefly talked about this. Oh yeah, we talked about this about how Hunter. I think you said um, Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be the role, the, the lead role. Mm-hmm. And I don't know I you know how much better he would have done, but. Yeah, just how much like an off casting can impact you know what you know, would, would lend itself to be a, a pretty incredible film and would still recommend seeing it. It's, it's still, I, I think, you know, honors the original well, but just kind of lacking in that, in that lead performance role. And then other than that, I mean, the only other notable one would be the new Spider-Man. I, I'm, I waffle on, on Marvel and, and the, you know, the Sony Marvel adjacent movies, but I don't know this one. This one hit in the nostalgia points pretty pretty effectively. Um, if if you've grown up watching the Spider-Man movies and just their various iterations, I don't know. It was it, and I think for me too. Like, it's just been so long being in like we've we've seen a few movies, but being in a theater and like hearing everyone just like cheer and clap and 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 laugh at like you know these like you know all in unison in these moments. I don't know. I don't know. They can't really replicate that. And that was just that was just really cool to be a part of that and, and hear people, you know, just like cheering for things happening on screen. That's just such a unique thing that you, know, you can only have you, know, you, you can only have that happen like in a movie theater. So, yeah, I, I get that. And have it not be annoying, you know, <laughs> like when everyone <laughs> for like five seconds, you're like, OK, this is fine. Obviously, the you know person next to you that's had a little bit too many, you know, expensive beers that keeps talking that's a that's a different story but yeah those are my watches nice wow pretty impressive a lot of a lot of amc love this month yeah i do hope i get to see west side story but i don't know we'll just see these because I, I, I have to go well, i mean like you guys know i i have to go after my my kids go to bed and sometimes the show times just don't work on you know unfortunately mm-hmm. all right yeah and um now you said you've watched a lot of Richard Woodmark. Is the uh, the movie where he's like a a manager of a wrestler or something like N- Night in the City? Is that on the Criterion Channel? Right yeah, now? Ooh, that's, that's I, a good one. Uh, that's yeah. a really good one. 
Yeah, the dad. Yeah, well, I won't spoil it. Well, I mean, it's 1952. But um, yeah, that one was a good one. I think I watched that last month in November. Nice. Yeah, I love Richard Woodmark. He's awesome. Is Kiss of Death, is that on there? I don't think so. Oh, that's a good one. I think that was Woodmark's debut. And he plays this uh, kind of psychotic uh, killer in it. And he's he's really, really good. Oh, Colleen yeah, Gray. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, that one's not on there, but I haven't seen it either. I'm excited to see that one. Nice. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, and he was, yeah, and he was in I, I Don't Bother to Knock. I did watch that one, too, with Marilyn Monroe. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot he was in that. And Anne Bancroft. Yeah, so I, yeah, they were, he, he just, he's becoming one of those guys where I think I'm putting on movies and it's like, oh, he's in this movie. Okay. But yeah, no, there's, there's some, there's some good ones he's got. Nice. You know, I've, uh, I've watched a ton of stuff. It's been a little while since we've recorded. Um, now I did watch two of John's recommendations. I watched 10 to Midnight and Breathe. I love oh, yeah. both movies. I love uh, 10 to Midnight. Mm. is so fun i mean it is great great entertainment <laughs> um the cl- the climax is incredible like that oh, scene the- is amazing and the line he says at the end i won't say who but oh bronson oh bronson. yeah <laughs> yeah no it's it is perfect it's so good <laughs> i i thought that movie uh, was a blast and then I watched Breathe, which is uh, directed by Melanie Laurent, and I, I loved it too. It was uh, kind of an inter- a, a look at a kind of an interesting you know, friendship that takes a dark turn. But yeah, I thought the performances were great. And uh, now it was—I don't know if it was just because of streaming it. It does have like a very digital look to it. Did you feel that way, John? Not necessarily, but maybe I'm just used to watching. I could be. I'm just probably used to watching things in a lower, uh, at a lower standard than you do, because I don't really watch too much Blu-ray or 4K. It's pretty much just streaming. Like on okay. my TV's nice, but like it's not at the same level. So I do see that with some. I didn't see it with that film in particular, but I'm not sure why. Maybe it's it maybe depend on what you're watching it on too. Um, yeah, because I watched it on on Canopy, and usually their stuff looks looks really nice, but and it, it it is a nice looking movie, but I um, I don't know. It did it did just seem very digital. I don't, I'm you know I doubt it was shot on film, and I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, there's movies that are shot digitally that I think look amazing, so it's not really it like it can a, be distracting though for sure. I, I can mm-hmm. see it being distracting sometimes. But no, it's a really a really cool movie. And then I watched an Italian crime movie that's it, it's kind of inspired by a Clockwork Orange. It's called uh, Savage Three. And I, now I, I wasn't a huge fan, but I want to talk about it because there is an insane kill in this movie. <laughs> it is unreal where the main character, he's driving a forklift and he's chasing this woman and she's cornered. And I don't know how you describe it, it like with a forklift. Would you would describe like the fork part of it as being prongs? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if it would be. I I wasn't sure if it would be different on a forklift, but one of the prongs (laughs) goes into the woman's chest, and it happens like all in one shot. And you know, like the prong, like retracted, um, obviously. Like you know how they did it when you watch it, but it's still 
like it's a pretty jaw dropping moment. <laughs> Like, just seeing it happen in one take is is really something. But it's a pretty gruesome kill. But did you check the actress's um, biography to make sure she didn't die during the filming of that scene? <laughs> I I considered it because it's it's pretty wild. Um, another element is she's okay. She's she's also naked. The one thing if if you watch Italian oh, movies, whoa. women are rarely clothed. But that's another. That makes it even more brutal, but it, yeah, like it's it's really well done. But the rest of the movie is uh, it has its moments, but that's definitely the highlight. And then, um, and I I did now I did have surgery. I had a uh, a hernia repaired. And what do you watch when you're incapable of doing anything? I I feel like you go to musicals immediately because you because mm-hmm. you just want to watch some people dance. Sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. And so I watched some older musicals, and I watched one I really enjoyed called Broadway Melody 1940. And I ended up watching three movies with this actress named Eleanor Powell. She is unbelievable. I mean, she's she's kind of well known for her tap dancing, oh, okay. but but she's a pretty amazing dancer, and she does these spins that are so fast, like it kind of looks like a trick, like it almost looks like they're dropping frames. From the, oh, wow. the film, yeah, she like kind of blew my mind, but I uh, I really enjoyed that movie, and Fred Astaire is in that movie as well, and I'm a I'm a big Fred Astaire fan. I also rewatched Meet Me in St. Louis, and uh, I love that movie. I hadn't seen it in a long time, but that's definitely a classic. And last, I think I'll end with I watched this movie called Angel, and this was distributed by Roger Corman's company, New World Pictures. And it was released in 1984. And if you guys take a look at the poster, (laughs) I think you kind of know what you're in for. Yeah. I think you you think you know what you're in for. And it does deliver on the trashiness that the poster is selling. But, and this is like, this is the standard review that you'll find on Letterboxd. And I'm going to just repeat it because that was my reaction also. This is way more of a real movie than I was expecting. Like, I thought the characters were really good. And I was engaged throughout. Like, I thought the movie was really compelling. And it's a way more serious movie than I was expecting. Um, And it also, I thought it looked really nice. Andrew Davis, who directed The Fugitive, classic movie starring uh, Harrison Ford, he shot the movie. And it, it looks really nice. There's an amazing chase scene at the end of the movie. Kind of like a slasher movie extended chase scene. And uh, I thought it worked really well. And just seeing Los Angeles at this period of time is is interesting. But yeah, it was a really solid movie. And there is this unbelievable scene where (laughs) a serial killer, he he puts like a, a hole in an egg. And then he just sucks the egg out through the hole. That's how he you know, eats the, the egg. And it takes him longer <laughs> than you think it would. And it's a pretty disgusting scene, but it's definitely one of the highlights of a, of a pretty strong, entertaining movie. <laughs> and I think... That poster is quite something, I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, Donna Wiltz. And she's in a couple slasher movies. She, she's in Blood Song. Have you seen that, John? No. 
Yeah, it's on. I, I've I found it on YouTube, but I haven't watched it yet. But I think she's also in Jaws too. She is. Yeah. I have, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen all the Jaws. Well, no, I haven't seen the Michael Caine one yet. Yeah, I don't think that's the only one I haven't seen. Is the Michael Caine one? I rewatched Return of the Living Dead. And oh, love that movie. Yeah, that's it is so fun. I, I hadn't seen it in a long, long time. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoy the. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna have to look it up. I can't remember the name of the actor who I like so much in it. I don't think it's James. It, oh, it, it is. Yeah, James Karen. I, I think he's really funny in the movie. He plays the guy who um, like accidentally releases the gas or whatever it is from the tank. Yeah, I do. Dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. He's great. He's so good. But yeah, I really, I really like that movie. And that's when Dan O'Bannon wrote and directed it. And of course, he he co-wrote Alien. Mm -hmm. And and you know, I've heard everyone says that the script for Alien is terrible, and that and the and the blame kind of goes to Dan O'Bannon, I guess. Um, and a lot of the credit for. The movie being good is from the the rewrites from uh, oh, what's it? But from Walter Walter Hill, uh, the yeah. um, he kind of I think he and someone else did a rewrite, and I think you can see from Return of the Living Dead that like he could maybe come up with like the concept of Alien, but I think he's way more comfortable doing something like Return of the Living Dead because if you watch something else, uh, other stuff he's written. Like, uh, he wrote Life Force, the Toby Hooper movie. Yeah. And it seems way more in line with Return of the Living Dead than something like Alien. Okay, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, Return of the Living Dead is, is really fun. And I've, I've heard this, that, a couple, that two of the sequels are really good, but I, I haven't seen um, any of the sequels. Have you guys seen any of the sequels to it? No, no but I enjoyed one. it so much. Yeah, I enjoyed it so much. I'd, I'd definitely be interested in watching the sequels if they're good. Yeah, very good stuff. How much? How much later on were the sequels? Like '90s or still '80s? Oh, I don't know. Let me. Three was '93. Okay, that's not too bad. Oh, two is '88. Mm -hmm. Okay, I feel like oh, two. Like the sequels like. 20 years later, that's not going to be good. But five years later, absolutely. Or three years later. Yeah, and two has James Karen is in it again. And so is Tom Matthews, the guy who's like the young uh, person who gets uh, like turned into the living dead. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's actually, it's directed by uh, Ken Wiederhorn. He did Shockwaves. That's kind of a fun movie. And he also did a movie called Eyes of a Stranger. Eyes of a Stranger is a pretty good slasher movie. It's getting more and more promising. This could be, yeah, could be on the list. Getting bumped up the list, of which is actually around 3,000 now. So, it's insane. Yeah, mine is 1,462. I don't want to look mine up. But I also, I have separate lists as well. I, I The watch list is kind of... Well, we've talked about... I make a ton of different watch lists. Have we talked about this before? 
not on air i don't think but like no, uh, yeah you told me about it like and like how you make like a kind of a schedule for what you want to watch for the month too sometimes. yeah i kind of I, i'll program kind of a month just to take away the the search element of you know of watching a movie it yeah, doesn't all i don't always stick with it but it is it is really nice it it, it at least it's it's more of a, a suggestion than a rule you know like i because sometimes I'll watch like three things in a row that I have curated or, you know, programmed or whatever. And if things aren't going very well, then I'll reevaluate <laughs> and, 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 maybe, and maybe switch it up. But I have yeah, you like don't a, get one of those slumps that can be dark. Yeah, those are not not fun. But I, I have like a Kung Fu movie watch list, made for TV movie watch list, uh, slashers, spaghetti westerns video nasties you know i have like a a bunch of little broken down watch lists and it's way more manageable than a a list with 1400 movies mm-hmm. that might be oh, a, everyone, a new year's project for me break oh, every once in a while every once in a while i will go to just the regular watch list and i'll sort by like french movies or whatever i mean because you, you can yeah, kind of that's what i usually do yeah, that's a kind of a good way to go through it as well. Or sometimes I'll just go by service. If I, if I like, you know, if if I've watched a lot on Canopy and I have like one watch left for the month, I'll just sort my genre and then Canopy and see what's on there and kind of like decide that way. But you got to narrow it down, or like you just never get anywhere. There's just too many things to choose from. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. So that was everything that we've been watching recently. And now next, we're going to talk about our most anticipated 2022 releases. And this was inspired um, because the trailer for Robert Eggers' new movie, The Northman, uh, was released earlier this week. And I, I don't really watch trailers, but I love Robert Eggers. He's my favorite up-and-coming director. And I kind of just had to, I couldn't resist. I had to see what this movie looked like. And guys, this, this did not disappoint. No. Did you guys, mm-hmm. wh- what did you guys think of the, of the trailer for The Northman? Max, you first. I, yeah, I watched it not too long ago. And I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. I, I feel like it still like holds on to like his, I don't know, I guess like weirdness mm-hmm. or like it's it's got that period look to it but it also has i don't like yeah big budget appeal i don't know call it that yeah where you know it seems like he's finally kind of got a budget to work with to really kind of dive into the, to to the ideas that he wants to present on screen and so it looks pretty epic it looks like he's you know finally got some wiggle room here to to fully flesh out you know the movie that he wants to present to the world so i'm i'm excited now i am assuming that it's not going to end up being exactly what the trailer is selling i remember when i saw the trailer for the revenant i was like oh my gosh this is just going to be non-stop action it's going to rock and the revenant is, right. is not really <laughs> like that and so i'm anticipating that this will be kind of more like that or, or there's just going to be some really out there stuff that just isn't going to get people to buy, buy tickets. Mm, uh, if you yeah. put it in the trailer, but, uh, but yeah, John, what did you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it looked, I wasn't like, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess maybe from Game of Thrones, like these type of period pieces, I'm kind of maybe a little bit burnt out on, but some of the visuals in the trailer look incredible. Like it almost looks Mm -hmm. like, um, it gives me a vibe of some of the stuff that was in the first 300, which when it came out, I thought was really impressive. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's like, I can definitely see like, like Max said with the bigger budget, like there's definitely some things going on there. You're like, wow, I think that the the trailer is will probably be deceptive too. And the movie won't be quite like what we're seeing, but um, Mm. that would probably be more to my style anyway. I'm not like a, I mean, I do appreciate action, but nuanced action, maybe a little bit more. But it definitely looks interesting. It's just not like, it's not one that blew me away necessarily, but it definitely looks interesting. And some of the casting is interesting, of course. You got Bjork in there. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the director and uh, I'm definitely interested. But I feel like I've seen this with a few films lately where the, the result is not nearly what the trailer was. I think Green Knight, especially. Oh, yeah, I didn't Wait, see Green Knight. Uh, I'll yeah. talk about it at the time, but it's definitely different from what you see in the... The the trailer is much more accessible, maybe. I don't know. It's just It gives a different vibe than what you're actually getting. But sometimes that's what it takes to get someone to watch something, and maybe they're pleasantly surprised, even if it's mm-hmm. different from what they think. You know, you have to get yeah. people in the seats. So I could see that, like you're saying, with the Green Knight. I, similar, I mean, I still wanted to see it either way, and I still enjoyed it, but you kind of get more of like this like fantasy epic journey feel from the trailer uh, for exactly. the green night. Yeah. And it, I, I don't know, it is that, but it's way more experiential and uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I'm, so I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to see it, but yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. This is, this is what, this would be my top, probably most anticipated movie of the year just because i think rob Rob, uh, robert eggers is just so he's just so interesting and i do have a handful of others now i i love the john wick movies i'm very excited for john wick four i think Mm -hmm. three is awesome i I was really underwhelmed by it the first time i saw it but on a rewatch i just think the action is unbelievable i love the way that director shoots action scenes um and keanu reeves I, I like Keanu Reeves. I mean, I know a lot of people think that he's kind of a terrible actor or he just you know, doesn't have a lot of personality. But um, I think the physicality in his performance is amazing. I mean, the way he goes through these action scenes are um, they're pretty they're pretty amazing to watch. And I'm also excited about Killers of a Flower Moon, which uh I really enjoyed the book, and of course, I mean, Scorsese's a legend, so I'll, I'll see anything that he does. Um, Mission Impossible, I love that series. I love Tom Cruise, and I can't wait to see what crazy stunts he's going to do in, in this <laughs> one. And, uh, and to make it an even five, I, uh, I'll go ahead and throw in... Now, I, now I'm gonna, I'll throw in David Cronenberg's next movie. And his recent track record is not great. Um, no, John, I think not. you watched Cosmopolis recently, right? Yeah, not not a big fan. No. To be honest. Definitely not me either. And um, I don't think he's done anything I've enjoyed since Eastern Promises, which I, I love Eastern Promises. I think that movie's awesome. 
Yeah, I like that. I actually enjoyed A History of Violence, too. That was right before that, I think. Yeah, that was pretty since good. Since then, uh, it's been been tumbleweeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, he's reteaming with uh, Viggo Mortensen again, and Kristen Stewart is in the movie as well. And is it, now is it Leia Sadu? Sid, oh. Um, is that how you say it? Leah, yeah, and Leah Sadu. This is yeah, a theme she, with us. <laughs> it's the I know. It's, it's an unfortunate thing. <laughs> But she's in we, it as well. And I think, and it's called it's called Crimes of the Future. I don't, I didn't say the title yet, did I? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No. But yeah, Crimes of the Future. It's his first original screenplay in a bit. I think his last like two or three movies have been adaptations. But uh, but yeah, I'm looking. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Are there any movies? Did you guys get a chance to take a look at to see if there's anything coming out next year that you're you're excited about? Is it, isn't it a remake of his first? film Cronenberg like isn't he remaking his own thing <laughs> I thought I read that somewhere Maybe oh you know I actually I don't know I think that's true oh oh crimes of the future 1970 oh yeah. yeah 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 so that that gives me a little bit more hope that it might be good um so yeah so for me uh something I'm looking forward to I mean one is coming um up very quickly uh scream five I don't know. I get the feeling this can be pretty divisive, just based on like the trailer, um, and having I, I don't know maybe that, you know being in the theater a lot recently and like hearing various reactions to it. I'm also surprised they haven't changed it. They because it's it's coming out in like I think two two weeks or so, um, early early January, and it's it's still the same trailer they've been playing this entire time. So I uh, I kind of like that. It gets a little tiresome, but I think it'll be fun. Uh, I I'm looking forward to uh, the Black Phone, starring uh, Ethan Hawke. I I don't know that concept. Looks, it looks really interesting to me, and whatever they've done uh, with those masks for his character um, is some of the best costuming I think I've seen in a little while. The other one for me, I, I didn't too much care for this one. When it first got announced, but then uh, seeing the trailer for it, the the Denzel um, tragedy of Macbeth. That oh, um, interesting. Yeah, that trailer was 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 pretty epic. And after seeing that, I was like, okay, I I'm in on this one. So that's you know, I, I we'll see how it goes. But those are those are mine so far. Yeah, that's uh, Joel Cohen directing without Ethan Cohen. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, Interesting. Yeah, the brothers, uh, they split. I don't know if they aren't going to direct again, but I think I think Ethan Cohen was directing a, a play or something like that. Yeah, and Joel mm-hmm. Cohen did The Tragedy of Macbeth. But yeah, I'm definitely curious to check that out. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, and John, uh, did, you, did you have any? Yeah, um, I think my number one is probably Disappointment Boulevard, uh, by Ari Aster with Joaquin Phoenix. There's not a lot. There's not a lot known about it, but that combination definitely intrigues me. So now, uh, it, um, Aster, he said that that was going to be a four-hour-long nightmare comedy. Have you heard this? <laughs> so it sounds like Inland Empire too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I heard well, that, not, not I was com- like, not the comedy part, but yeah, that sounds wild. Uh, I that. that made me a little nervous. <laughs> 
Maybe we'll have an intermission in the middle, like um, that Western Tarantino did. Oh yeah, the Hateful Eight. Yeah. 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 Wow, four hours. That sounds insane. But uh, <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch four hours of Ari, Ari Aster film. I would uh, not bring any drinks inside the theater, but no. <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah. I love Knives Out, so I'm excited for Knives Out too. If it is the same director, which I think it is. Now, is this a, this is a, a Netflix movie, right? I don't know. I I'm I'm big on not finding out too much stuff ahead of time, but so I'm not sure if it is or not. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. They are they're slowly taking over. They really are. It's yeah, kind of a bummer, are. but oh well. <laughs> is it the same same director? Yeah, I think it's uh, Ruin. Yeah, Ruin Johnson. Yeah, I, I love him. I, I, all the stuff I've seen of his, I've loved pretty much. Um, Even though he ruined Star Wars? I haven't, I haven't seen the Star Wars one. He ruined Star Wars? I thought it Ooh. was... Uh, he, I thought maybe Anakin ruined Star Wars. No, I thought it was J.J. Or Jar Jar. Jar Jar, yeah. Yeah, Jar Jar Abrams ruined it. No, uh, I... Uh, Jar Jar. Yeah, no, I know that... <laughs> I mean, there are some people. Well, Max, you love the Last Jedi, don't you? A hundred percent. Oh, mm. it's it's a top three Star Wars for me. Wow. Yeah, that movie. It's divisive. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I. I almost hate it. It's just <laughs> above hate. What do you dislike about it? Let's see. You gave it a three. Yeah, that was just being generous, though, because I. I still had well one well one thing I in recent history I have just I cannot care about the Star Wars universe anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I've just completely uh, I just can't can't handle it. Like I I'll never watch The Mandalorian. Now I think Taika Waititi I think he's doing a Star Wars movie. Is that right? He was. I that's that's for me what like has made me tap out is like they bring someone in who's a little bit weird, um, maybe maybe an odd choice, and then they prove to be I don't know what happens, and then they can them, and then they bring in you know someone fairly you know safe, fairly fairly vanilla to finish the movie, and then it, it's you know it's like it's it's Star Wars people like it, but then it's it's just like kind of subpar. I don't know. Uh, that's uh, that's what like like solo, because that was that was supposed to be a uh, um, Phil Phil Lord and Chris Miller, mm-hmm. um, and then you know I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I I liked their movies, I liked their filmography and what they had done, and it was exciting. And then you know they got fired, and and then Ron Howard was brought in, and it's kind of like it's just it's it's just I don't know. It's it's kind of deflating um, to kind of keep going through that where it's like. Oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, I want to see that. And so, like this one, yeah, with like with um, Taika Waititi, it's like I hope he sees it through. I hope that you know they don't they don't you know cut him off too early. But yeah, I, I don't know the, the the Disney handling of their properties is something worth you know worth revisiting for sure. Yeah, I um I never saw the last. Star Wars movie, and I don't, I don't know if I ever will, but yeah, The Last Jedi <laughs> really 
<laughs> I, I might I might rewatch it so I can give it a lower star rating. Um, <laughs> that is right. I, I can't revise the star rating right now, but I would really like to. But no, I'm. Yeah, yeah, that movie whew, just didn't do it for me. <laughs> but that's okay though. Yeah, it's the joy of movies, you know. It really is. But John, did you have anything else? Oh, and. Um... Don't Worry Darling by Olivia Wilde, because I really loved Book Smart, and I want to see if she can do do it again with a thriller this time. So I'm interested oh, to nice. see. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that she was uh, directing another movie. Yeah. I didn't either until did some research for this segment, but uh, that's just because I don't look into the future very often. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, rare, it's rare that I can watch a movie that's recent and not know anything about it. I did that with Parasite, and it was one of the best experiences I've had in a theater, just not knowing anything going in. So mm. I try to do that as much as I can. Even though trailers are fun when you're in the theater watching them, if you can avoid it just by chance and then go into something knowing it's probably going to be good but not knowing what you're getting into, that's a fun experience as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I typically do avoid trailers, but uh, but Bobby Eggert, he, uh, Eggers, he just got me... <laughs> You just got me pumped. I just had to see Bobby boy. Yeah. I just had to yeah, see what Bobby was going to throw up on screen. But <laughs> um, yeah, and new releases are very tough for me. I mean, I I think I've seen 10. I think still I've seen 10, 20, 21 releases. And top 10. Yeah, I have a top 10. Yeah. Uh, French Dispatch still in the top 10. So it's 10. Um, <laughs> it's 10. But uh but yeah, next year I, I anticipate uh, I'll see these these movies and oh and you know I think that uh, who's actually Wes Anderson's uh, former partner in crime who who's gone his own way and has made quality movies like Marriage Story. What's that guy's name? Oh, oh Bombach. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a new movie next year, I think, doesn't he? He does. I love him. So yeah, I I love him too. I. Um, I, I love. I think Francis Ha is really good. Yeah, um, and it's uh, great. His writing is just really. I mean, it's kind of highbrow, but I still love it. Yeah, I I, I love him too. I I think Marriage Story is amazing too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna get into our reviews now. The kid who's going to capture your heart. He's got a sharp eye for the odd chance, a quick hand for a fast buck, and he's headed for the biggest adventure of his little lifetime. An adventure that will take you from the gasping heights of the parachute drop to the secrets that hide under the boardwalk. In a revelation of life and love where there's more of it per square inch 
than any place else in the world. start off with Little Fugitive. Now, I well, I did not do as much research as I normally do, unfortunately, for this movie or uh, La Delante. So I don't have a lot of background type information. I, I mean, some I have some very obvious stuff that uh, it's not going to blow your mind, but this movie was released in 1953. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Oh. <laughs> Um, and of course, it's it's been cited by uh, some French New Wave uh, filmmakers as being an influence, and I, and I think that's pretty obvious. Watching the movie, I mean, there's quite a bit of handheld camera work, which for American movies at the time is pretty uncommon. And yeah. uh, and I think that there's kind of a documentary style to it that I I, I feel like I, now I haven't like you know found any interviews with any of the filmmakers, but. Have they referenced like Italian neorealist movies as being an influence? Right, you would think so. It definitely seems that way yeah. um, because at the time, like other other than that, there isn't a lot shot in that style at all. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and I'm, it's it could also be it could also just be shot that way just out of necessity. They're like picking up these shots quickly, like on real locations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, and then, uh, and I'm just gonna, doing a synopsis for a movie is, is, can be a challenge. So I'm just gonna read the letterbox synopsis. Are you guys okay with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right, so it's af after a prank makes Joey Norton believe he killed his older brother, he runs away from home and spends the day at Coney Island while his brother tries to find him before their mother gets home. Now that is a little bit misleading because the brother, he doesn't, he's not trying to find his brother for very much of this runtime. No, no, <laughs> the older brother. Right. It's much more about being on the lamb than uh, the search for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, um, so what did you guys think of this movie? And and John, did you want to go first for this one? Um, I can. Okay. Sure. Let's do it. Because well, you said you want to go last for Latalante, right? Yeah, just because I have less notes for that. Okay, okay, sounds good. All right, so John, what are your thoughts? Um, I like how they let these kids be pretty mean. Um, some of the conversations that the brother and his friends have about, like, burying the younger brother in the sidewalk so that he'd never be found and doesn't have to be dead. <laughs> can bury him alive. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say these kids are the best actors but they're not terrible and the conversations feel real I, I enjoy when you have young people talking like they would talk at the time like you can tell it's not written by some 50 year old guy how he thinks kids would talk at the time this is very documentary style but there's also like some really beautiful photography um, that takes advantage of the locations in the city and Coney Island and just the people, some of the attractions at the, like, just like 
all the all the carnival games and type things there's really a lot that can be done with that um and it looks really good in, in black and white too there's just it's just they take advantage of what they're working with and really make it look great not just like it's not just like documentary news type footage it's it's has some art to artist artistry to it which you know whenever you see a movie that has three directors you're usually like uh-oh you know that is more modern but like it's just like there's there was a problem one director got fired or like there's just too many ideas going on. It doesn't feel like that here. It feels like one vision done by three people. There's some cool camera angles. Uh, there's some perspective of like, what it'd be like to see these things as a kid, kind of the creepiness of Coney Island when he first arrives, like how scary it might be for a kid who's on his own and already, you know, pretty emotional thinking his brother, <laughs> he killed his brother with a gun. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is I, I like seeing New York in the fifties like this, where um, it's just from a kid's point of view, um, as opposed to like usually we'll see it like what is it's like the crime underworld, or it's this glossy, stylized version of New York that isn't real. This feels like not super gritty, but it feels real, and I I just like getting like a peek at what everyone was like then what like what the fashion is like what the people like this um the, even the people working at the coney island carnival are interesting um i love how the photographer makes him smile when he's taking his photo the the guy he meets who does the pony rides is great it's just just a different era and uh it's interesting for that alone yeah i mean i really i on the second watch i enjoyed it almost as much as i watched it when i watched it the first time i think it's just a really cool little experience it's not it doesn't i don't think it takes itself too seriously it's just a, a really enjoyable little piece of nostalgia that it's and it's nice to see um how influential it was with getting things more handheld because i really enjoy that a lot, a lot of studio stuff that's good in a lot of ways i get taken out of it because of the settings looking so manufactured or whatever um so yeah I, I like i think it was definitely remarkable for its time and uh just a fun interesting watch yeah yes yeah max what did you think yeah i mean you know the the fun of this is obviously you know movies that you never would have thought to have watched you know being put on your radar and then and then and checking them out and for this one, I mean, and I, it made sense. I, I was looking into it, and I guess like the first two movies in this trilogy that, that I think Morris Engel made, the this one and the, his second one, um, the sound was dubbed, and it's it's interesting to like to like watch older things before you know technology was there. Of like, why is it so distracting? And then you realize, oh, it's because the sound isn't quite met, you know, matching up or whatever. But then once you kind of get over that, and then and then you are watching the story, it it is enjoyable. And and I the first note that I had was like, there's like moments of this of this movie where you kind of forget you're watching a movie, and it feels like a documentary of like kids in 1950s New York. And I think like that's you know that was impressive to me in terms of just like you know yeah as a filmmaker you know kind of accomplishing you know that that feat. But it's also just interesting too, like thinking about like 
what people in the fifties were like, would would were thinking about when they, when they watched this movie. And so, yeah, I, I like as it, as it progressed, I enjoyed it more, and I thought the music was oddly engaging. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I it's yeah. I mean it's a lot of carnival music, and it's a lot of but it's used effectively. Like John, to your point, like yeah, like when he's on um, when he's on the carousel, and you know it, it's just like generic, you know, organ carousel music but you know something you know whatever it is you know some some switch flips inside of him and he goes from kind of being like nervously excited to just you know to just afraid and overwhelmed and the music just kind of kicks up a notch and you're like yeah what (laughs) this is stressing (laughs) me out i you know this is like I, i i i don't like the organ right now so i you know that i i enjoyed that the the prank is just a great reminder that like siblings and if if you had siblings growing up you're like yeah i don't know that i pretended to kill them (laughs) or or that they killed me but you know i certainly may have had those thoughts probably but it's a pretty solid prank right i'm you know they had the concrete idea oh and then and then they had the um the icicle dagger Oh my gosh! Yeah, yes, no murder weapon. <laughs> yeah, then it'll melt. They'll never find. Yeah, they won't find the murder weapon. Uh, oh, and and the snake and the block of ice on the chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, just I, I don't know. It just it just like you're saying, like it it captures like kids pretty organically. Even just like the dumb little fight, where like here's these like you know this trio of best friends, and then they get in a fight, and it's like I never want to talk to you again. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can I can remember that, you know, having those moments with my friends as as a kid. But then yeah, I you know, the the intro to Coney Park, like I said, was 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 done well. And then as it progresses too, and and I I don't know. This it, it, it ended up being a, a a really just kind of fun, lighthearted watch. I, I you know, I, I know you didn't pick it for this, but you know, it, it, it's what only eighty is is it eighty minutes on the dot? Yeah, eighty one minutes, I think. Eighty eighty yeah. minutes. Yeah. Which I don't know just lends itself to that being like a perfect runtime. But no, this this was a fun watch. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed kind of living in fifties New York for an hour and a half. And yeah, it was it was a good one. Hunter, yeah, I'm worried I, um, about you. This is, a little, this is a little bit lighthearted for you, so I was worried <laughs> it, but I, I went with my gut. You know, I had to be honest about what I liked the best this year. So I'm sorry in advance. Just in case. Well, <laughs> let me just put your fears to rest right now because I really enjoyed Little Fugitive. Oh, it's good. Um, I thought from the beginning, just the kids interacting is is amazing. I mean, this is what unsupervised children act like and talk like. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's so authentic. And and actually, the dubbing kind of made the movie a little bit funnier to me, like made what they're saying more humorous. Mm. Um, but I I love Joey. I mean, that kid is amazing. Um, I thought he was just so fun to watch. I loved his line deliveries and how cruel children can be like this is very it's very real. Like this is like a perfect, honest kind of portrayal of that. I mean, and obviously it's it's humor, like it's not like super dark, but even 
like my three-year-old recently, you know, uh, came home from daycare one day and said that she killed something. <laughs> and I was like, what? You killed something? And she's like, yeah, we, uh, me and uh, Dorothea, we killed something at school today. <laughs> and I was like, where did you hear this? <laughs> like, we, I, we've never talked. Well, I guess we have talked about killing bugs in the house. But mm. like, just imagining her, like, you know, my three-year-old with, other three-year-olds talking about killing something it's just yeah, yeah. it's just ridiculous but but yeah the, i mean the trick they play on joey is is like almost unimaginably cruel i mean i didn't play pranks like on my brother or on friends or or anybody ever when i was a kid i i love that that joey thinks that he can just kind of run off at his age and it's kind of like a, I mean, of course he is running off because he thinks he's he's killed somebody, but he does fearlessly just uh, you know alone go to Coney Island, mm-hmm. and now like the geography of it, I don't really understand. Like how far away? Like, I'm just completely unfamiliar with New York, but like how far away is Coney Island? Well, if you take like the subway, it's usually the last stop. One yeah, the, going one of the ways like that. That's where the line ends and then goes back the other way. I don't remember right. how far it is, but I know it's the last stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in Brooklyn. The whole way, right? Yeah. Wait, no, he uh, takes the subway. Oh, he took the subway. Oh my gosh! Yes. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm. I can be a real dope. Okay. Um. But yeah, once he gets to Coney Island, it's almost kind of. Uh, it's almost like an adventure movie. <laughs> yeah. In a way, and I, I love seeing how um resourceful like kids can be i love the the idea with the recycling bottle so that he can just keep riding horses <laughs> yeah and that's actually and drink and everything yeah yeah no it's it's awesome and i, I love the that that actually also that has the most kind of neorealist element to it the kids who like trade in the bottles because they need money yeah uh, that's like straight from like an Italian neorealism realism movie. And yeah, Max, like along what you were saying, I love just seeing the people in Coney Island, like at this time, even just as like a, as a document, it's just an interesting watch. Mm-hmm. But no, I thought it was just you know, fun throughout. I thought it was funny. And I thought that the, uh, that Joey was just so likable. And the guy who, like runs the like the horse ride like that part of the is is it a park is that what it is coney island like it's just like or is it like a, uh, like a carnival park yeah yeah there's a carnival part there's a the beach is there it's like a bunch of stuff it's just like an amusement island <laughs> okay <laughs> and a boardwalk and all that yeah but uh you know i i like because at one point i was kind of like man you would think somebody would be like would notice that there's a kid who's i mean maybe you wouldn't notice that there's a kid wandering around with no adults but around them but at some point i was kind of like well some somebody has to be like hey where are your parents eventually and i was i was glad that that character finally finally showed up yeah but no i i i really enjoyed it i thought it was uh i i thought it was a lot of fun really funny the uh when his brother does come looking for him and he makes that message with the chalk and um 
there's three spellings of parachute that are all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like I like how Joey is um he's you know day to day he's so underestimated but he he learns how to make money with the bottles. He teaches himself to throw better to win the bottle um carnival game and um mm-hmm. he's just like he can do more and he gets really good at riding a pony too. He starts doing it on his own without without any help. Um he can do a lot more than people give him credit for. He's a bit of a survivor on the lamb. <laughs> yeah. It was impressive. It was cool <laughs> to see him thinking and just, I don't know. This, his face has so many emotions in the movie. It's really great to see. He did a great yeah. job. Yeah, I, I loved him. I thought he was just awesome. Mm-hmm. I guess we can rate this sucker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a clean version. I like the clean version. Yeah, I gotta mix it up. You know, I can't be a one-trick pony, two-trick pony. That's me. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, well, yeah. Let's go ahead and rate it. Uh, John, what what are you giving it? Uh, originally, I gave it a four and a half, and I'm gonna stick with that. It's a four and a half, and it's in my top uh, five hundred. Yeah, it's in my top five hundred and my top three thousand. It's in my like 3,700. That is something. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Uh, And Max, uh, what what are you giving it? I gave it a four. Excellent. Yeah. Now I'm right there with you, Max. I did give it a four, but I did also, I hearted the movie (laughs) as well. But that's kind of like a heavy four. Yeah. I'm very happy you both gave it a four. I think I'm I'm probably bumping it up half a star just for like the nostalgic part of it. But yeah, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it because I wasn't sure. I was more sure that Max would like it, but I'm glad you both enjoyed it. Now, part of me, now I always hope every movie takes a sinister turn. And so <laughs> part of me is kind of like, I either want this kid to be rescued or not. Mm. <laughs> I wanted to go live, real dark. That's his life now. He just yeah. he just recycles bottles. He's fifty. He's still doing it. Just a runaway. Yeah. yeah. But um but no. Still has the cowboy Very... shirt on. <laughs> but yeah, really enjoyable. And uh yeah, I would I would rewatch this. Now I am gonna wait sixteen years, but I do think I'm gonna rewatch it. Twenty thirty seven, baby. Yeah, or uh, you know what? I may even watch it with uh, my children at some point because there's so few movies that we'll be able to share <laughs> experiences together for, yeah. for a while. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're just they're not ready for what have they done to your daughters, and and uh, honestly, my what my wife wouldn't be ready for that either. So, have you seen Small so, yeah, Change, they, the Tru- Truffaut movie? Yeah, no, it's been years, but I used to love that movie. So good. I, that's another great kids movie. I think it's amazing. Although there is one super scary scene where a kid falls out of a apartment building, high rise. But he's oh right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now yeah, Truffaut of the kind of the new the titans of the new wave. He definitely like Godard just went too weird. Where I find his later output like unwatchable yeah it's pretty unwatchable but but Truffaut I mean uh he I feel like even in the seven I remember the wild child being kind of decent it's been a long time yeah I like I 
I love um, the one with, oh, what's her name? She's in uh, Possession and she's in mm. Herzog's oh, Nostra. Oh, too. Uh, Anjani? No. Yeah, Ajani, Isabella yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the movie that they made together? Uh, oh. I cannot remember it off the top of my head, but I, I remember loving the movie. The story of Adele? No. Of Adele H., yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That movie's awesome. I love that movie. Yeah, I like, I like Chico a lot. I, it's, it's, a, it's a cozy, comfortable... I don't know. He's a little... like I, I, I like how I feel when I watch this movie. I, I think maybe he's a little overrated maybe but i still i really enjoy i like i like his personality and what he brings to films for sure and i like the whole antoine donnell four blows and then when he becomes a young guy and an adult like i, I watched all those that series and i really enjoy yeah. it it's rare to yeah, see Jules it and like, Jim. Like that. i remember like the jewels and jim and yeah. shoot the piano player yeah mm-hmm. there's some good stuff in there Nice. Well, we better get into this next review. It's 10.59 p.m. Um, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Mamma mia. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so up next is La Delante. said i didn't do a whole lot of research on this one but i can tell you it was released in 1934 and i remember this is a this is a rewatch for me i i remember uh checking this out at the library because i remember the kino lorber dvd case just had so many hyperbolic quotes on them from critics (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and th- and that's what I was looking for uh, at the library were, were quotes, um, <laughs> and um, and so I remember I, I checked it out, and I, I it was a it was a long time ago I can't remember exactly what I thought of it at the time, but now this is this is his only feature length movie right I mean everything else yeah. I looked at it was under fifty minutes I think. He hmm. um, he had tuberculosis, and then like I think he got some complications from filming in cold weather during this film. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was very but, young. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, from this movie, I mean, I haven't seen any of his other uh, his of his shorts, but I mean, you can tell like he was for the time like a really special 
filmmaker. I mean, he had uh, you know a lot of talent. This is a pretty cinematic movie made, you know, pretty close to the silent era when there was a lot of really stagey, you know, kind of uh, movies with no camera movement that were you know pretty pretty simple. I mean, out of you know necessity and of course not having you know filmmakers who had influenced these people i mean these were you know some of the oh, yeah. original filmmakers right <laughs> but um but yeah max uh what did you think of lot alante yeah i it's always like yeah i don't know for me not having like a ton of exposure to you know foreign films it's always interesting like kind of like for me like like what you're going to get into and it starts out pretty pretty somber you've got this like it feels like this town kind of mourning the character of, of Juliet just leaving. And I, I don't know if they explain it too well of like, because it, it just jumps right in, right. Of like her, her and um, the lead getting married and then, you know, you know, getting on his, on his barge. Um, so there is really no like backstory of, of, of how they met or their courtship. Um, I think it's just implied that it was it was it was pretty whirlwind, and there's always like this weird sense of um, borderline like slapstick comedy because yeah. I forget like, but it, it, it's so it's interesting because it doesn't really fit, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's you know it's it's there and so I, you know I, I would be curious to kind of read more about like what was the purpose behind it? But I'm just thinking about like, um, the character of, of, of Jules pair, pair Jules. And one of the, the guys on the boat where, you know, he, they're talking about the flowers and, and getting those prepped and, you know, make sure they're wrapped in paper so they don't get, you know, um, Juliet's hair wet. And then they're dancing, playing the accordion and he, and he, he kicks the flowers into the water <laughs> and then, and, you know, goes on this, you know, rant and is, is, is upset. Um, it's such an interesting scene, but no, I, you know, overall, um, you know, as I got, you know, settled into the movie and, 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 and watched it and like I mentioned before, you know, I, I don't, I don't speak French. And so I, you can't zone out with movies like this where you're, you know, you're dependent on the subtitles to, to really understand what's going on in the movie and to follow the plot. Which is good. I, I, I think that's that's kind of helped my movie watching, um, even for you know, English language films where it's like I don't you know I, I don't I don't I don't want to be distracted right now. I, I want to actually like li- like watch and take in what's happening. And so I do appreciate that. Yeah, I I, I like the setting of the barge. Um, it just makes for you know that 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 kind of confined space and. There's always like the intrigue of of what's going to happen when you've got these characters who, you know, don't really know each other, um, haven't really interacted. You know, a few have, but now you, you know, now you introduce you know this 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 new character in Juliet, and how's that going to go? So, I, I don't know. I, I had a good time with this one, and there's certainly things that stood out. That 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 puppet is terrifying um, <laughs> that like old toys i don't know how old toys are wild yeah i i don't know how yeah i like like why is that not a genre of itself of just 
horror movies on like these these old like 30s and 40s toys that were just like this is crazy that like this was like a kid's thing but things that stood out um i think all of us should keep you know hands and jars of of people that we loved (laughs) absolutely (laughs) like what a what a conversation starter you know of just uh, yeah anyway um, it is a good conversation starter. It would be a blast. <laughs> just have some hands yeah. just in your, your kitchen cupboard. Yeah, um, oh, yeah there's a, my old friend Jeff. There's just his hands <laughs> held on to him. Right. That's <laughs> it's, it's the last thing I have to remember him by. Oh, <laughs> what, a, what a fun thing. But, yeah, and, I, and just the story. You know, I, there's things, too, like watching a movie in the 30s. That was or that was made in the '30s, and then watched it in you know the 2020s, and like the peddler character to me was so annoying, and I'm like, yeah, if I'm at a bar with with my wife, and there's just a random stranger who's like stealing her away from me and like dancing with her, you know, rather intimately, like it's not like a, ah, eh, whatever, you know. You, you know, you not go cool, do bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not that there'd be like some like you know brawl or whatever. That's certainly not you know my personality. But it wouldn't be like a, oh, that's fine. Yeah, sure. Why not? Go nuts. Um, just this random stranger. And so it's I don't know for her to you know get to get mad about that, and it's it's just interesting to to see how behaviors and and mindsets change. I will say that like. Yeah, leaving your leaving your new wife in a in a city that she's never been before. Um that is a that is a pretty uh savage move. That took a second to, re- to register what what he had done. So yeah. I was like, all right, that that is one way to to start a fight or continue a fight. But no, I think overall like, we obviously curious to hear your guys' thoughts too, but um no, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. Nice. Well, um, John, those fears you put to rest earlier, wake them up. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it for that line, I gotta say. <laughs> Thank God for ten to midnight and breathe as well. I mean, that gives me a little bit of credit. I'm just, I'm gassing John up, and then yeah, Hunter so comes, comes here. Cutter comes in just no, like yeah. I, it wasn't, that was just a line. That was just a was line. I, I didn't. I didn't. I. Uh, I was just trying to make a joke, but you gotta like um, I mean, that guy is amazing. He's just fascinating. Now I. Okay, so I've seen this before. I remembered very little of it, and I am gonna say, and I think you guys know this. This is not my kind of movie. Right. Uh, <laughs> the characters just didn't really interest me. Uh, I did think the uh, is it Pair Jewels is that is that his, yeah. is that that guy's name? Wow, Pear mm. yeah, Pair Jewels. Wow, I did think it, he was the most interesting. I mean, how could he not be? He's a pretty wild mm. character. He's uh, a wild character. <laughs> it, I, I there were some moments I liked, and I thought I think the direction is great. I, I love the way some of it's shot. I love the shot. I think this is pretty early on of the shot uh, of the uh, bride. Walking on top of the barge, like it's yeah, me too. It's very haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like all black and like just for the white. Yeah, it looks really cool. 
um, yeah, I thought that looked really nice. And I thought there was a, some great camera movement, especially once they got to the city. Like a lot of these, a lot of older movies, you'll find that there's, you know, there's not a lot of camera movement or like there's no camera movement at, at all. Like if you watch some of the early Universal monster movies that came out around this same time, like Dracula has very little camera movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would think that it would be you know, made with a with a, a bigger budget since it's a, a Hollywood studio, even it's even though Universal is kind of a minor studio at the time. But I thought the direction in this was pretty uh, creative and. And I thought the photography looked looked really nice too. And I and the, I, I originally saw this on on DVD, and and the this restoration of it is a, a huge improvement. I mean, it looks great. Some other notes: th- these cats are a real pain. I mean, just lost cats. I mean, well, this is. Um, I mean, these people just got married, and this is like the worst like nightmare honeymoon scenario. And obviously. It you know weighs heavily on both the bride and and the groom, and they end up, you know, being uh, you know apart, you know, pretty early on in their in their marriage. Blaming the cats uh, for that. <laughs> I blame the cats, and I blame exactly. the characters, the, the cats and the characters. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's just so many of them, and then when they attack the groom, I was like, why do they? Why do they keep feeding these cats? <laughs> Get rid of them. <laughs> hey, it's a pair of jewels, man. He's got to have some companionship. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's hard to bring a and lady around when there's later. a hand in the jar. Yeah, that's true. He does. He does. I forgot about that. Yeah. He's fascinating to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, his tattoos, I thought, were pretty uh, were, were pretty interesting. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. the, the hands in the jar. I mean, I... I, lo- I actually loved that. <laughs> I that, that was and who knows if that's the real story? Like, you know, it, it could it could be anything. Because he said it's they belong to a friend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. But uh, yeah, and the scene in the dance hall, yeah, Max, I'm with you. That guy who like sings to the wife, and the uh, the wife ends up you know dancing with this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this guy's got to go. I enjoy. I kind of enjoyed the dance hall scene, though. Like I, th- I just thought it was kind of mm-hmm. chaotic and 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 fun to watch. And the stunt, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm going to call it a stunt, but where the husband kind of, uh, I guess he throws him over like a rail or something. Is that what it is? I think, yeah, he, like, like in the little window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, was that is, uh, yeah, that that. I don't know how you land uh, gracefully <laughs> something like that. It, it looked Lots like it could have really hurt. Yeah, that was probably like take 38. They oh, finally, finally got it. Oh, just no. I mean, with dancing with other men's wives. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's been tossed. He's been thrown around by the wives' husbands quite a bit, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I... There wasn't a lot for me to grab onto in this movie outside of just aesthetically uh being you know looking nice and just having like especially for the time like the like really really amazing kind of cinematic style yeah and john what are your uh what are your thoughts 
Um, it, it's mostly the style for me too. I think it's so ahead of its time. It makes me. I've watched. I haven't. I've watched a very small number of films from the '30s, but I've kind of handpicked ones that are, you know, quote unquote, the better ones. And I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing. It's just, um, yeah, like uh, people were doing things here with no, with barely any influence, that are really uh, spectacular. Like, films I'm thinking of are. I watched M recently, which I was really impressed with. Yeah, that's um, an awesome movie. So good. And then that's another one with some wild stuff, like just like on the streets in uh, Germany, like some of the store shop windows and some of the things that stores would do back then to like grab your attention. There's like a mesmerizer, like swirly spinning thing in a window just to get you to look in the shop window. And there's like Mm -hmm. this arrow pointing down. It's like bouncing up and down. It's just hilarious. Like some of the things they would do for advertising. Um, Yeah, I need to rewatch that. That 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 might be my favorite uh, Fritz Lang movie, but it, it's been a really long time. I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, it happened one night I watched recently, and I really loved that too. So, oh yeah, uh, I need yeah, to. Like, I love early Clark Gable. Get into some more '30s films. I know some of them are not going to be very good because you know any any era is going to have some duds, but um, it's just impressive seeing what people were doing with less technology um and this, this gene vigo i think he's just you can just tell he's an artist um this wish we could have seen more from him um mm-hmm. and i'm obsessed with uh pair jewels i think he's so interesting i love the way he talks like he was a uh, uh, and like i guess he would repeat things um towards the middle and the end of the movie he would say things multiple times i think because his accent was hard for audiences to understand so he'd say things multiple times so they would get the gist of what he was saying this actor i also loved in another movie in panic which i saw like i think it's like 10 years later 10 15 years later so i kind of want to watch more from michelle simon um because the first the two films i've seen i've been like fascinated by him and he's pretty prolific i think he's done like almost 100 films i don't know how many are you know, widely available, but, um, yeah. So mostly this, the photography and the creativity of some of the camera work for the time. And you can tell like they're doing this with minimal equipment or like maybe like some guys like hanging off of something or they're just placing the camera on the barge and like with the part where he's crawling up to sneak on up to his wife. And like, he's just walking into the frame of the camera. Like, I don't think there's anyone holding the camera there. I think it's just running and he's just like, just like laying flat there on the on the boat mm-hmm. um i uh i think that was much problem with the the jerk in the dance hall because i feel like the husband isn't the greatest either he's kind of a selfish surly even at the end when they get reunited like there's less i don't know romance because he does still feel like a jerk maybe he has things going on in his life that are stressing him out, but we don't really get to see that other than like the day-to-day stretch of his job where he's just, he just seems like there's moments where he's sweet, but it doesn't seem like the general rule with him. I don't know if mm. that's also of the time and era. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a pretty unlikable character for sure. Right. And she's likable, And I think, I think pair jewels is super likable. Um, he's just so interesting to me. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it just, it's just, it's just kind of a magically filmed 
it's just it's just kind of maybe there's more i'm getting more to it because it's someone's only film but uh, yeah that just that just gives it something extra for me and uh Mm. i wish we could have seen more but um yeah and i i guess i need to give more 30 films a chance i'm not sure do you have any any 30 films that come to mind that are like striking to you that maybe i haven't seen oh i've got a few i love uh, the Mutiny on the Bounty with um, Clark Gable and Charles Lawton. Okay. Uh, I think that movie's amazing. And then, you know what? I actually have, <laughs> I have a, a, like a best of decade list for the 30s. Yeah. But um, I love that movie. Um, Island of Lost Souls is an awesome 30s horror movie. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front is a great early war movie. And um, I am a fugitive from a chain gang. Uh, is an is a really really awesome movie. And I also I really like um, Gunga Dean. Have you have you seen that? It's a it's a Cary Grant movie. It's George Stevens directed it. Who did uh, a Place in the Sun? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, that I used to love that movie. It's been it's been a while since I've seen it. Oh no, I've seen it. In the letterboxed era. Wow. Unbelievable. Five, five stars. Almost a perfect yeah. movie. Nice. Yeah. Um, Captain Blood with Errol Flynn. That's a really fun movie. And I'm sure I actually don't have any uh, foreign movies on this list, but I'm sure there's some good uh, foreign movies as well. Oh, like, um, oh, what's it called? Actually, another Fritz Lang movie. I think it's, uh, is it You Only Live Once? Is that what it's called? Sound like a bond mm. with uh, yep, Owen Live Once, yep, I found yeah, it. 37. Yeah, that's a good movie with with uh, with Henry Fonda. Yeah, there's there's some good stuff from the 30s, and there's some fun comedies from the 30s, like I, I like the Marx Brothers. Yeah, I like the Marx Brothers too. Yeah. You've got a perfect pairing 1931, early Clark Gable and Barbara Stanwyck. What Night Nurse? Oh, I've seen Night Nurse, yeah. Right. I love early early Clark Gable. Villain, was, yeah, villainous was so yeah. good. Pre mustache. That was pre haze code too. It's 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 pretty racy for well, thirty one. Look at that look at that Stanwick leg with the murder. Yeah. Hello. It yeah it was it was I surprising. Had to that part. Mm-hmm. Hunter gave it a nice two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although Max only gave it a three, so. It's not, I mean, it's... Oh, well, that means Max hates it more than I do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> His, his yeah. three is lower than my two and a half. I, to I be fair, that. your two and a half was, was four years ago, so who knows what it, what it would be today. Who knows? Day and age. Oh, uh, yeah, now that, really, that movie was really directed in... by... That was directed by William Wellman, who did Public Enemy and the Oxbow Incident. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good movies. Oh, and Nothing Sacred, which is another 30s movie that I liked. Oh yeah, Carol uh, Carol Lombard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. and and a star is born. The original. Yeah. Yeah, Frederick March. 1930s. Simpler times. Yeah. Simpler times. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, John, Max, you guys have anything else to say? I think I've. Uh, I think I've. I think I've said everything I've got for this for this one. You've expelled your uh, thoughts. And feelings yep. about the film. Yep. Yep. I've I've expelled. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, John, right. you want to you rate this movie? This is another fucking four and a half for me. <laughs> <laughs> Had to sneak it in there, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just really beautiful to me. And I think it also, maybe I wasn't expecting as much because it was from the 30s and uh i don't know i thought sometimes sometimes these ones that are critically acclaimed don't live up to it for me but i really enjoy it and just i just love pair jewels can't it's one of my favorite characters of any movie ever so yeah four and a half for me nice all right and uh max what did you give it it is a solid four for me yes all right yeah nice and i Hmm. What do I give this? I don't want to be. I want to be respectful of the uh, the artist who was Vigo. You know, I'm going to give it a three. Mm. I'll give That's it a three. Very nice of you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I feel pretty good about a three. It's not. Um, well, because it's just the truth. It's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like it's on, honest but fair. Live mm-hmm. your truth, you know. Yeah, I know. I'd rather you insult me with your rating than than lie to yourself and to us. Yeah, and to everyone else. Yeah, well, we all know these ratings are you know they're printed with ink. You know, you can't really erase this. Yeah. Unless you watch it again, and if it's a low rating, you don't want to watch it again. Oh, I cannot wait to rewatch the Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, man, it's gonna it's be going down hard. Way tank, down. Tank that thing. Uh, it's still a five for me. Oh my gosh. It'll, it, they'll nullify each other. Disgusting. It's gross. <laughs> but anyways, so that brings us to uh, definitely the thing I've been looking forward to the most. What's the stand pick of the week? Stand pick of the week is a movie that I just picked up via the Criterion sale, uh, 40 Guns. Oh, Sam Fuller. Yeah. Nice. I I was given, I shouldn't say I was given, we agreed upon some Christmas money for, e- for each other, <laughs> Jenny and myself, and so Criterion was so kind to send me a $10 off coupon, and they were doing a 30% off sale, or they were at least. But yeah, um, Stanwick is a pretty ruthless rancher, and has a private posse of forty guns. Uh, maybe maybe not that many, but she has a, she has a nice little uh, group there of hired guns. And yeah, I'm looking forward to revisiting this after it's been a little while. So that is my stand pick of the week: forty guns. Nice, excellent. Yeah, I um I haven't seen that one in a long time, but I am definitely a Sam Fuller fan. Yeah, I know oh, he did pick up on South Street. I didn't. I he did. Didn't that. Yeah, that, yeah, I didn't know that. That's so. awesome. I love that movie. So it'll be um, it'll be excellent. Cool. I haven't, yeah, I haven't John, seen either. Yes. John, do you have a uh, <laughs> do you have a free stream? <laughs> Hell yeah, I do. It's from uh, 1936. That's why I didn't mention it earlier because I was going to talk about it now. It's uh, My Man Godfrey, directed by Gregory Lacava, mm-hmm. starring. William Powell and Carol Lombard. It's a really good one. I really enjoyed it. Uh, have you, either of you guys seen this? Yeah, I've seen it. It's been a long time. I used to love um, 
William Powell. Like I, I think the Thin Man is a pretty fun movie, and I think Carol yeah. Lombard. I think she's a pretty good comedic actress. They mm-hmm. are, have great chemistry together. I, I really like watching them on screen. This is a really good, fun watch. It's on Tubi and Pluto. Do I want, you want me to read the synopsis? Let's read the synopsis. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'll read the synopsis. <laughs> Fifth, <laughs> Fifth Avenue socialite Irene Bullock needs a, quote, forgotten man to win a scavenger hunt, and no one is more forgotten than Godfrey Park, who resides in a dump by the East River. Irene hires Godfrey as a servant for her riotously unhinged family to, sh- to the chagrin of her spoiled sister Cornelia, who tries her best to get Godfrey fired. As Irene falls for her new butler, Godfrey t- turns the tables and teaches the frivolous Bullock's family a lesson or two. Uh, it's just... William Powell is amazing. He's just... I don't know. He has this like confidence about him, even as he is, you know... His character is basically a homeless man who's just like down on his luck, but and he's with this um you know kind of well-to-do family as their butler. But he's just like so clever and funny, and uh, Carol Lombard's great. It's just another really entertaining 1930s gem. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. And if you don't like it, well, write me an email, and I'll. <laughs> Apologize sincerely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, John, you actually came up with a segment for me during our uh, Canal and Sort of Doom review. The the Bleak of the Week? Bleak of the Week, baby. Let's Ooh. hear it. Now, I... Um, I have more than one. <laughs> now, okay, now, I, now I actually... I, I, I just remembered Bleak of the Week just now, so I don't have anything prepared. <laughs> Let me take a look here, because I'm sure I've watched some stuff that's pretty upsetting. It could be The Last Jedi. Yeah, that is a bleak one for sure. <laughs> yeah, sorry about this. I, I, I want that to be a, a segment for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all about this. I think we have a good balance of the three of us now with segments. Mm-hmm. Stan, I mean, eventually Max will out of Stan picks and you'll have to go to uh, <sighs> Star I know, I know, I know. I, I guess you could just recycle. No, we'll, we'll move to car crashes. Or like TV special she was in. <laughs> <laughs> Commercials. <laughs> Oof, boy, this is tougher there than is, I thought. There is I a thought that I'd show. have. There's a what? She had a show for a couple episodes. Yeah. Couple seasons. Yeah, I, I think I looked. I looked up that at some point. Like when she's much later, right? When she's like in her fifties mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't know if I can do this unprepared. I just. Uh... I'm scrolling through Letterbox, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of bleak stuff. Because I, I don't want it to be something I've, I've talked about before. Right. Um, all right, so my, my bleak of the week pick is Late Night Trains. This is, uh, this won't surprise anybody, but this is an Italian movie from the, <laughs> uh, from the 70s. And this is kind of a, it's definitely a, inspired by Last House on the Left. Um, it, this is kind of before, you know how with Die Hard, there's like, you know, Die Hard on a plane, Die Hard on a ship or yes. whatever. This mm-hmm. is Last House on the Left on a train. <laughs> and um, this is, uh, and if you're familiar with Last House on the Left, you kind of, you kind of know that this is going to be a bleak movie. It's, I, I think it's really well done. I, 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 
I might like it more than Last House on the Left. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. Um, but I remember, I think when I watched Last House on the Left, I hadn't seen a lot of extreme movies at that time. So I think I kind of, I really had a hard time with the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, and it is extreme. I, I've only seen it recently and it is, is it's, oof, yeah, 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 for it's sure. It's a really tough movie. Um, and I watched it with, I actually watched it with my niece, <laughs> the last house <laughs> on the left. And because her, her dad, my, my older brother, he actually recommended the movie. And so I thought, oh, well, this this will be fine. And I rented it. And uh, I don't know, I must have been 19. And my niece is, what, five years younger. So she was 14. Oh, man. And, mm. and that's a pretty, it's a kind of a, <laughs> that's a horrible scenario to watch. A movie like Last House on the Left, obviously. Yeah, and Late Night Trains, it's, uh, it isn't, it's streaming on Night Plus. I, I'm not really familiar with that streaming service, but that's the only place it's streaming right now. But, uh, yeah, Tread Lightly, because it's a, uh, it's not exactly, it's not a feel good movie, that's for sure. Well, it better not be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the week of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and that brings us to uh, a part of this show that I'm sure John is prepared for. Do you have our uh, social media and the email ready to go? Oh, you know that I stall, and then I will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, I do. Okay. No, I don't. Yes, I do. All right, so you can find us, if you're looking for us, on uh, Instagram, at instagram.com slash semi underscore cinematic or just like search semi underscore cinematic on facebook it's facebook.com slash semi cinematic pod on twitter it's twitter our twitter handle is semi underscore cinematic and on letterboxd it's letterboxd.com slash semi cinematic one word and our email is semi-cinematicpod at gmail.com. You can let me know if you didn't like uh, my dang, my man Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, well, I think that, does that bring us to the end? It does. It's been a while, and I missed it, and I'm glad that we did it. Even though it's yeah. going to be yeah. long, I don't mind. So, Absolutely. Oh, oh wait, we guys, we got to hear Max's uh, picks for next week. Oh my gosh, yeah, Max, give us a preview. That was close. Were you oh man, that was bad. We got our socials in. We got everything in. So, tune in next week. My first time top watches of the year: uh, 2016's Hell or High Water and 1951's Ace in the Hole. Both Excellent. films that I really enjoyed, and I'm looking forward to rewatching. So. Me too. Perfect. Can't wait. So thanks. Thanks, Max. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas. All right, y'all. That brings us to the end. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.